Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Welcome to Believe in the Ivy League. A look inside the ancient eight teams in the Ivy League and their upcoming games with all of the stats, trends, and analysis that you want to hear. And now, here's your host, Tom Barton. All right, guys, welcome to another edition of Believe in the Ivy League. And we're sitting back, and unless Yellow is on a, just a tremendous run, this is going to be our final basketball edition of Believe in the, uh, the Ivy League here. We're going to take it to the other sports, so you don't have to worry about that. But we do have a lot to talk about today. Yale, you know, gets a pretty favorable draw in the big brackets. They wound up getting Purdue, which I think is a nightmare. Uh, just and look, I really do look. I think that uh, fourteen for Yale is a, a little bit overshot. But getting Purdue, Purdue for much of the year could have been considered a number one or a two seed. So we're going to get into all that. I will break down the game itself, talk about what happened last week, um, talk about the the championship, the finals, and everything that that has to do with. Look, this is going to be one of those shows where it's really all about Yale, all about what they could do in the big bracket. Can they advance? Can they win a game here or there? Um, we're going to get into all that. If you guys want to check me out, it's Tom Barton Sports over on Twitter. Please go check out TomBartonSports.com. Tom Barton Sports on YouTube. I'm, I'm trying to get some traction there, so please check me out over at Tom Barton Sports over on YouTube as well. And, of course, you guys could get in touch with me. It's Tom Barton Sports over at gmail.com. All right, guys, let's let's break it right down. So first of all, Yale gets a pretty decent number, right? I mean, I did not believe at all that we were going to have a situation where an Ivy League team didn't get anything but a 15 uh, or a 16 seed. You know, look, especially Yale. Now, if Princeton would have been in this spot, you could have said, okay, well, Princeton is the Ivy League regular season champions. Princeton then goes out and when they win the tournament championship. All right, maybe you could make a, a case for that. I think Yale getting a 14 is a little favorable to them. They were not the Ivy League champion during the regular season, so that worked against them. They did win against Princeton, a great win, and nice nice run to the final. But overall, Yale, to me, you know, a, a 14 seed in the big picture is showing that the Ivy Leagues are getting some credit. I thought it was a down league. I thought it was a down conference this year. We have talked about that uh, quite extensively. And the rest of the country, and especially the people that are making the brackets, obviously didn't agree with that. So you got to feel good, right? I mean, you have got to feel good in that situation where you're sitting back and you're saying, okay, you know, hey, look, this is uh, this is favor favorable for what they are doing, right? It's favorable when you turn around and you look at exactly what's going on. Well, before we move forward, let's uh, move backwards and we'll just go look at the weekend and what happened over the course of the weekend. Cornell came to play, man. Um, I did tell you guys that last week I said I like both underdogs, both points, both underdogs covered, one underdog won outright in Yale, both underdogs, both points, I liked both. And then getting into Sunday, um, again, underdogs and points were the way to go. 
I mean, that's the way that we looked at it. Underdogs and points. If you were looking at underdogs, taking those points, uh, yet you cleaned up in the Ivy League championship game or, or championship weekend, we should say. Now, full disclosure, guys, I was supposed to be there. They gave me press passes. Very, very nice of everybody that was handling it. Um, but I, I wound up not going. I was under the weather, didn't want to risk you know, going out. It was a snowstorm here in New York, and I just didn't want to drive up to Boston in a snowstorm where I was sick and not really sure. You could probably still hear a little bit of a tickle in my throat. I'm, I'm fine now, or at least I feel fine now. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm better now, we'll say, um, than I was, but where I sit right now, you know, I didn't wind up going live. I have a lot of the audio and things of that nature from the weekend, but, you know, I think that 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 has passed, right? I mean, I think that the, the weekend has passed. I will say this, though. Cornell put up a real good fight. Oh, they, they really did. Cornell impressed me with the fight that they put out, and you look at Penn and you say, you know, look, Penn looked okay, too. Well, the, the top four teams really could have been, you could have been talking about Cornell playing here. You know, you could have talking, been easily talking about Princeton playing here. So we go into Sunday and we go into the final on Sunday. And, uh, you know, after a six-point win against Penn, Yale looked a little vulnerable. They did. They looked a little vulnerable. But their defense has been stepping up. And we talked about it on this show here. Look, they held Brown to 65. I know Cornell put up 71, but that's an offensive-minded Cornell. Dartmouth put up 61. Their defense had looked good for a little while. And then going into that Princeton game, 66-64 final, you look at what they did there. They they really just jumped out on top offensively. Sure, putting up 32 points, but it's the defense. They held Princeton to 25 first half points. Now, de- Princeton turned it around. They put up 39 points in the second half. They really came to play in the second half. They really turned things around, but it was too little too late. I mean, it really was. Princeton only put up 64 points the entire game. They were stifled. Now, a lot of the numbers are going to look not so bad. It's the first half. Princeton put themselves beyond the eight ball. And I know they were only down seven points, but it was the mentality of you just can't score. And we figured out, you know, what is working. Uh, Princeton, you look at the overall numbers. They shot 41%. All right, not, not horrendous. Okay. But the first half was massively, massively different. They shot... But just under 35% from three-point. Uh, yell, basically 35% for three-point. Nothing stands out there. That was just out of control. Free throws, yeah, free throws, 80% for Yale, 80% for Princeton. There, you, you look around and you go, okay, well, fouls, 12 to 13. Turnovers, Yale actually had five more turnovers. Blocks, exactly the same. Steals, uh, six to eight, uh, no big deal. Assists, 10 to 11, no big deal. Where did Princeton lose this game? Rebounds, specifically defensive rebounds. They were out-rebounded on the defensive boards 32 to 24, and that was the difference. That was the difference that Yale, I don't want to say they wanted it more, but it certainly seemed like they did. They were more aggressive, they were more physical, and they were able to come away with a two-point win based on the defense that they had in the first half. I mean, that was the reality of the situation. Their first-half defense brought them to the NCAAs. That's that's what what's going on. So, an overall feel of this Yale team. Look, they went 19-11. Um, their defense turned it on late. Where are their worry areas? Okay, well, let's go back to the beginning of the year and when we're talking about Yale and how they might match up and maybe win a game or two in this tournament. You go back to earlier in the season, all right? And uh, look, they're, they're 
year was basically front-loaded, garbage teams, Vassar and UMass. And then they went on and took on Seton Hall. This was a Seton Hall that earlier in the team was really fantastic. They went out, they beat Seton Hall 80-44. to 44. Uh, Well, I'm sorry, they lost to the Seton Hall 80-44 to 44 at Seton Hall. That's a bad look for this team. I mean, it was really bad. But you could wash that away, say, look, Seton Hall was playing fantastic at that point. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, okay. Then all of a sudden, you know, you take on Vermont. Well, the Vermont loss at the time may not have looked like, like oh, you know what? I'm fine with it. Vermont was a great team this year. A really, really good team this year. I kind of expected them, uh, you know, to get a 12 seed or so. They lost by eight at Vermont. Vermont didn't lose a game at home this year. That's not a bad loss anymore. You go and you look at a Stony Brook team. They lost by four at Stony Brook. They still put up 81 points there. All right, not a terrible loss. They got spanked by Auburn, who spent a lot of the year at number one overall. Not a terrible loss. Iona, you know, ran them out of the gym. Monmouth, St. Mary's. All right, it was a tough schedule early on. And that's what we kept saying here when we started to talk about, yeah, we said, look, they played a really, really hard front-loaded schedule. What would they do come conference play? Come conference play, they had a, a small hiccup against Penn early. Then they went out and they rattled, rattled off, I mean, you know, seven wins in a row. Looking really good. Lost to Princeton at home in a game where their defense didn't show up. Came back against Dartmouth, won that game, lost at Cornell, and then rattled off three straight to end the year. I will say this. Look, the Yale situation here is that they're a dangerous team, but offensively, you know, they're. I think they're fine. I think they're, they can score. I think Swain can make things happen. It's the defense that I worry about. In the games where Yale looked overmatched, in the games where Yale looked like you know, they were a, a problem kind of waiting to happen. It was because their defense just didn't play it up. You know, look, the Purdue Boilermakers on the counter of this. Early in the season, you could have argued that they were the number one team in the country. Before the year, I told turn around. I did a YouTube video. I did a full preview. I had Purdue going to my final four. There's a lot of me that wants to put them back there now because I know the talent that this Purdue team can have. But with all that talent and with all those expectations, there are certain things that this Purdue team can't do, and it came to fruition over the last couple of weeks. They have spiraled downhill. They cannot guard ball screens. That's something that Yale can take advantage of, absolutely take advantage of, okay? Um, it's going to be pick and rolls. It's going to be the old Carl, Carl Malone and John Stockton. That is something they take adva- advantage of. And I expect Swain to have a fantastic game. You know, he's dropped 20-plus points in the last three games. I actually think that he could put up another 20 here. I think they're going to have a really hard time with that. But you also don't want them to just kind of concentrate on, on him, and that's where Yale could get in trouble. you got to do this the, the pick and roll all day long and make Purdue beat you with that. Make Purdue stop that before you get out of that, right? Let Swain go crazy early on. Make Swain just, you know, go out there and put up a big-time number. You know, Purdue ranks second in offense overall. They're going to score some points, but they rank 101st in defense, and they've looked even worse than 101st recently. So Swain can have a huge game. Swain could go absolutely crazy. But you also have to think about, okay, you know, Swain hits the three. 
He hits a three at just about 40% clip, a little under 40% uh, clip, right? And they usually defended because of what happens. You look at Swain, you look at the 40% clip, and you go, everyone's trying to defend him. In the Ivy League specifically. So that makes me feel good that he could have a big game. The pick and roll will work. They will score points. But Purdue can also score points. Yo, like I said, we're talking about a 100 defense. But on the offensive side of things, can Yale slow this team down? Yale has had problems. Every loss that I told you about here. All of the big losses that I went out there and talked about. All of the big losses that can be a problem. All of the big losses that you look at and you go, "Uh uh-oh, about this Yale team all came when their defense was lapsed. Their defense just didn't play up to the expectations that we all need them to play if you're talking about moving on, winning a game or two. Let's just talk about getting out of the first round here. But they could win a game or two if they are able to clamp down on defense. Things that I like about a mid-major team, I love a sure number one guy. Well, Yale has that. I like scoring, okay? Teams that could score. I, Yale certainly has that. But the defense does worry me. Now, the odds makers open them up to, uh, you know, a 14-point favorite. It's 13 in some spots, 14 and a half in other spots. The total, it's about 143. There you go. I mean, that's that's your, your number that I think a lot of people are going to be banging on this over because they're expecting Yale to play well there. I mean, that's what they're going to be expecting to do. Yale against the spread on the season was 14 and 15. Purdue, 13, 19 and one. So neither one of these were covering teams. Over, under, as much as we have this Yale team uh, where a bad defense and a good offense, they were 13 and 16 over, under. More unders than overs. And Purdue was 18 and 15. A lot of that damage was done early on. Uh, But yeah, they're an over team. Again, if you think Purdue can score, the over makes a lot of sense here. Yale, uh, 99th defensive efficiency. Purdue, 99th. I mean, they're right. They're they're both right there. Strike the schedule. Well, here's where it comes in. 157th strength strength of schedule for Yale. So it was front-loaded, but they didn't care about the Ivies. And strength of schedule for Purdue, 9th. That's a a big number. I mean, you know, that is a, a huge, huge number here. And, you know, look, at the end of the day, Yale can do some things here, okay? But Purdue's going to be able to have their way offensively. Purdue, you can look at Swain and have fun with that, and you can look at Yale, and you can say, you know, Swain is going to be fantastic. Uh, Swain is top, what, 35 in the country at shot percentage. Yale's going to get their points. Defensive efficiency is a bad number for Purdue. But I think when it all comes down to it, when teams that are favored— and they're favored by quite a lot of points here. But when teams that are favored get their backs put up against the wall, what do they do? Well, they start using their backs and putting them up against the defender underneath the basket because they're usually bigger, more athletic. And Yale, their interior defense is ranked 233rd and two-point percentages allowed, which means they're going to be able to go underneath all day long. All day long. You know, Purdue, the total is usually sitting here into the 150s. Purdue's offense... You know, for me, I, I look, this is a an Ivy League channel. You would love me to be all over the Ivy Leagues here. You'd love me to just sit back and say, yeah, I absolutely think that Yale could get it done. I just don't know if they're going to be able to stop Purdue. I, and for me, I see Purdue easily getting into the 80s. And, and they may get into the mid-80s. Now, I think Yale's going to get their points. 
I think Yale will be into the mid-70s here. Maybe Yale touches 80. Maybe it's that. Maybe they can get into the 80 range. But overall, I just think that the offense is going to be too much. I think that both teams are going to score effectively. If you like Yale, I would almost take the first half before they make the adjustments on the pick and roll, which you know they're going to come out with that. I would take the first half before they start banging around Swain with the bigger bodies and the more athletic guys. Now look, Yale has surprised me before. They surprised me uh, for much of the year. They are a live dog, no pun intended with the Bulldogs. If you like the points, I just don't know if I could put them in my bracket beating an offensive team like this. All right, guys, enjoy the tournament. Hopefully next week we're talking about that Cinderella Yale team, and we can do a show on that. If not, we will talk next week. Have a very good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.